0: From LPL Financial, welcome to Market Signals. I'm your host, Ryan Dietrich.
1: There's a big difference between initial claims and sort of this sustained long-term unemployment rate. Um, You know, I I think you're gonna see, you're definitely going to see elements of this economy that begins to to, to really hit um, Main Street America. You're gonna see a lot more folks furloughed and unemployed, and it's awful. If we can backstop businesses, um, then, then businesses can a limit that, but two, most importantly, they can recover.
0: Hi, everybody, and welcome to the latest edition of the LPL Market Signals podcast. Ryan Dietrich here, and in the room I have Bert White sitting right next to me, and we have a computer screen. With Jeff's face, it feels like Jeff is right next to us, Bert, the computerized version. It, it's it's odd-looking. It's
1: really <laughs> weird. It, it, I'd, rather it be an, <laughs> I'd rather it be an emoji, uh, frankly.
0: It's <laughs> kind of funny. So, Jeff, the computer Jeff, I guess what we'll call you, how's it going? In the, uh, but clearly, you're at your house right now. How is life up in Boston?
2: Life is uh, is going well, all things considered. Uh, you know, A lot of folks are getting used to a new way to work here. Uh, so you guys are looking at a, uh, you know, visual of the uh, of the man cave, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> it's become
0: an office, and uh, we're making it work. No, it's that's
1: it's a good looking man cave, isn't it?
0: It, it is. Yeah, it's. You need, I don't see any Chiefs memorabilia though. Or is it? Oh no, so there is one the there right. There is Chiefs. Yeah. Okay, good. So that's an official. Mandate. At least there's
1: no Patriots stuff. Ooh, that's
0: true. Yeah, Bert. I forget. Do you like Tom Brady? I can't remember.
1: You know what? Look. Want to go there? I, I really don't like the Patriots. Everyone mm-hmm. knows I don't like the Patriots. Mm-hmm. I lived there for ten years, and I'm as anti-Patriots as they possibly can. But I. But what I said was that any if Tom Brady ever left because I believe it would it would certainly hurt the Patriots, that wherever he goes, I will start following that team. So I guess I am now officially a, a Bucks
0: fan. You're a Buccaneer.
1: Which isn't <laughs> good. I'm not happy about that at all.
0: Uh, that was interesting. You thought about un, unexpected things that happened. We'll get to the market in a second. I don't think too many experts were predicting the Buccaneers, were they? I don't think so. I don't yeah. know. I, yeah, I, it, yeah. It's going to be weird. A lot of uncertainty out there. But, again, before we even start, I kind of want to – do a thank you clearly to all of the first responders that are out there. Bert, you mentioned truck drivers on Twitter, the doctors, the nurses, so many people that are out there fighting uh, the good fight with the pandemic that's taking place. I want to thank all of our listeners. You know, we've been hitting record number of listens on this podcast, lplresearch.com. I've talked about our blog. We've smashed our record views from December, 2018. We've got a whole nother month to go. So we really are appreciative that when, Markets are selling off, and things are volatile, and uncertainty high. You're coming to us, and it shows, and we will continue to do the very best that we can. And it's, uh, I mean, Bert, you know, we did a call a little bit ago. You said it's almost kind of fun right now what's happening. And in a twisted way, I totally agree with you. This, this is fun. This is historic what's going on. You it's know, not weird... fun at
1: all. It's fun to work with you guys. Okay, uh, you but, uh, no, I, you know, I, I, this whole essential piece, mm-hmm. there was an article that came out um and, and someone looked at uh, the exceptions, you, you know, to the people that the businesses are asked to sort of work from home, um, which are mm-hmm. called this essential services. And it's a list of them. And you'd be shocked at how big that list is. And and I think that just goes to show how many folks are truly essential mm-hmm. to making this economy work. Um, you mentioned the t- truck di- driver's piece. Y- you know, look, I mean, your, your paper towels and, and toilet paper and pork and beans, they show up. Uh, almost two-thirds of it show up because of trucks, um, which makes truck stops maybe the most important single location in America outside of hospitals. Um, but I will tell you, um, those that are delivering uh, financial advice um, perhaps are uh, as important, um, maybe second only to the doctors right now, um in helping make sure people make uh, good decisions, not just for today, but the decisions that you are making today on your finances uh, will have lasting impacts for years to come. And that is the role that that these financial advisors have. They are they' are essential.
0: Uh, great points there. So this week on the LPL Market signals podcast, we're going to focus on three things. First off, fiscal policy hits a snag last night in the Senate. The coronavirus fiscal plan hit a snag and didn't go through, but we do anticipate that'll happen fast, and we'll talk about that. The other side of things is monetary policy. Every day, it seems like the Fed is doing something new, something more unique, and they announced something again Monday morning that we're going to discuss along with some of the big picture things for monetary policy. So the, much for out of bullets, huh? Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. I, we heard that. a week ago we were sitting here and said, oh, they cut their interest rate uh, 100 basis points. And people set out of bullets. And it feels like every day since then, I think they've found a new bullet in the chamber. they got lots um, of bullets. they got yeah. lots of bullets. And the last thing we're going to talk about, which is a, a little fun, more unique, are we at a bottom? You know, Or how close could we be? So, Jeff, or computer Jeff, as I look to my right as I see you there, let's go to you. So, last night, it feels like every Sunday night we get news, right? We, we half joke that we write something, and then Sunday night comes around and... Like, the plan for this podcast, honestly, was all kind of – honestly, we just scrapped it and we just we're just winging this because two big things happened in the last 12 hours or so. But, Jeff, last night in the Senate, the fiscal plan was denied and equity markets sold off significantly initially, hit limit down within, I think, two or three minutes of trading last night. What exactly kind of happened out of Washington um, in a couple quick bullet points?
2: Yeah, the, um, the procedural vote failed, which – Kind of feels like the TARP vote in two thousand and eight, mm-hmm. right? Where uh, the needed massive policy, the bazooka, uh, needed to fail before it succeeded. That's what we're seeing here. This will pass almost certainly today. Could slip in tomorrow.
0: Compliance doesn't like that word certainty, Jeff. You know that. But now you're right. It should be very that's very right.
2: soon. That's why we throw the almost there in there. Uh, so we will get it done. And the goal here. By the way, this is like a trillion and a half plus. These are really, really big numbers, right? The goal is to preserve as many jobs as possible for the next few months until this crisis passes so we can be stronger when the economy recovers. And it could be a really strong recovery uh, once we get
0: through this. Yeah. I mean, Bert, you know, you've talked about it last week and this week. This is not so much, as of now, a financial crisis, but a business crisis and a big reason The Democrats have an issue with this is who the money goes to. Is it going to go to corporations, individuals, who has the power? And, again, it's a messy, messy situation. But you kind of build on some of those themes there.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You know, know, I think that that probably Republicans want to see these moved uh, a little bit more towards institutions and businesses. I think that Democrats want this – uh, more to individuals. I think the reality is it's got to be both, um, and I think that's probably what what Jeff is talking about. They'll they'll mm-hmm. strike that middle ground. The reality is you're right. This is not a financial crisis. This is a business mm-hmm. crisis. You know, two thirds of our economy is essentially uh, consumer. Uh, those consumers are n- not allowed out of their house, <laughs> and so and and many of them are you know are seeing uh, re- either reduced hours and and some of them are being you know. Um, laid off or furloughed. And so the reality is this is a business crisis. And uh, the real key is um, there's visibility on when this will end, right? right? We know that there's going to be a point where this ends. Is it three weeks from now, five weeks from now, eight weeks from now? We don't really know, but we know there's an end to this. Unlike the financial crisis of 2008, you couldn't see when this could potentially end. Here you see that you know that there is an end to it. The question is, What will be on the other side of that? And that's really what the Fed is trying to do. Uh, This monetary policy is not about trying to fix the problem. Only doctors can fix the problem. This is not about fixing the problem. This is about fixing the recovery um, because this is a business, business crisis, not a financial crisis.
0: Yeah, building on that. I won't to get too geeky for this, but if we look at things like commercial paper spreads, and keeping this real simple. If you look at financial companies' commercial paper spreads, nowhere close to what we saw in 2008. Suggesting again, there's stress in the financial industry. We know that, but it's not a financial crisis. When you look at non-financial commercial spreads, they're about where they were in 2008, yeah. which is recessionary. So again, that's we're looking for some shining light at the end of a very, very dark tunnel. And what the credit markets and commercial markets, uh, commercial paper markets, are telling us is. That's kind of the way. Now things change quickly, but um, that's where we are right now.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, in 2008, we were concerned about um, what bank was going to go under next, yep. what might happen to our homes, um, and, and 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 clearly there were layoffs. But but um, but supermarkets were open, and bars were open, and restaurants were open, and Disney World was open, and you know, two thirds of our economy that is a, a service based economy was out spending and. Uh, we're out, out freely walking. Here it's different, you know. Mm-hmm. And so what happens is that, that 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 you know, well, we talked about this earlier, uh, Ryan, is that J.P. Morgan Institute. This is uh, about two or three years old, but they went out and looked at small businesses, and what they found was that the average small business had about 23 days worth of working cash, you know, that they could survive for about 23 days. Uh, Restaurants were less than that, um, you know, more like 16 days. So the reality is you don't have a lot of window for mom, pa, you know, small business. And so that is really what this is all about. All these things that the fiscal policy is about. And frankly, what the Fed's beginning to do is to say, how can we protect, ring fence, backstop these businesses? That's not going to solve coronavirus. Mm. But what we'll do is make it so that when on the other end of coronavirus, when it is solved by our doctors, Lord forbid, we will have healthy or a
0: whole bunch of businesses that can begin to restart the motor. Exactly. So, Jeff, this morning on Monday morning, about... About a half hour or so before, or about an hour, I'm sorry, before the market opened, the Fed came out with this latest, like Bert said, bullet in the chamber. As of now, the media is calling it QE infinity. Can you give us a high-level view of kind of your initial reaction on what exactly the Fed did this morning and why it's so different than what they've almost done every single day? It feels like the past seven days.
2: Yeah, they uh, they were all in last week, and then they just uh, took it up another level. We, in addition to the rate cut to zero. That we already got they announced quantitative easing right and that is buying securities at this point bonds to uh you know help the credit markets function normally keep rates as low as possible uh, to facilitate lending uh they had put a number of 700 billion on that last week well now they just got rid of that number and they said we'll do whatever's needed right right and that you know we talked about the comparison to the tarp vote in 2008 Now, this sounds like Mario Draghi at the ECB saying we'll do whatever it takes to keep the European Union, right, or the Eurozone from falling apart nine years ago, right? So this is Powell saying we'll do whatever it takes, and that certainly helped uh, at least instill some confidence this morning that markets can soon find a bottom. Quite a roller coaster ride in futures last night, certainly. We were, you know, basically down limit to near up limit (laughs) after the open, and now we're uh, We're down a little bit here this morning.
1: So, Jeff, you know, when you think about in the past there were um, phrases that we remember, Um, you know, irrational exuberance, um, draw – you know, um, that that quote that you said around we'll do whatever it takes. Do you think Powell's words today will be the ones that we remember or are they words to come?
2: Wow, that's a tough question. I I can't fathom uh, them doing much more at this point. But I think what's coming next is loans to mom and pop, yep. right? That Main Street lending facility hasn't come yet, but it's probably going to come soon. And that's another potentially historic development that we'll be talking about for many years to come. And then when they start to take stakes in companies with, you know, getting options or warrants or what have you, equity stakes in companies by the Fed and Treasury. Uh, I think that's another opportunity for potentially historic uh, lines, right? Memorable lines that we will uh, be talking about for, for, for many years. So we, we certainly got one this morning or several this morning, really. I think we'll get more.
0: Jeff, I want to build on something. Bert, I'll send it to you in a second. What Jeff just said is truly different in a way, because what the Fed is actively saying, if they're going to give you a loan or some type of a bailout, whatever you want to call it, There's talk in Washington that they want ownership, whether it be common stock, options, warrants. I mean, the company that is in the news is Boeing. 2.5 million people are impacted by Boeing's supply chain. If Boeing goes under, that's going to be devastating. So we know that they're too big to fail, but... Could Washington own calls on Boeing, and that way, when the recovery takes place, we all benefit from it. I mean, it sounds crazy, but the way this world's gone in four weeks, crazy might not be the worst answer. I don't know. What do you think of that? Yeah, I, you know, I, well, I agree with it. You know, <laughs> I think if we would have yeah. said, if we
1: would have said a few years ago that that maybe this might be the case, yeah. um, I, I, I doubt we'd ever, mm-hmm. you know, we'd ever think we'd be there. Um, look, a company like Boeing. Is is essential, right? Mm -hmm. You you can't. You have to backstop Boeing. I think the issue is that that I think what came out of 2008, 2009 was so much concern around this phrase bailout. I don't think they want to say the word bailout. I think what they want to be able to 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 say is that we are making an investment in America, Um, and and we're investing in some of the key companies in America. Um, And and how do you prove an investment? You know, you you prove it one of two ways. You, you either prove it with ownership, or you 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 prove it with accountability. Um, and and this might be both. Um, and so the reality is, I, I'm I'm, you know, again, I, I don't know how to feel about this. This is breaking so fast. Yes, I don't know if exactly. my mind can, can my West Virginia mind. This is where I'm. I'm from West Virginia. Man, there's some smart people in West Virginia. I'm not one of them. Um, and so I'm still trying to figure that out. Uh, but the reality is. Um, You know, I don't know. I don't know what that means, Ryan, but but Mm -hmm. I do think this element of of accountability or ownership uh, um, is, is important because they want to invest in America, not bail out America.
0: Right. John Maynard Keene said it's better to fail conventionally than to succeed unconventionally. I think the Fed is spinning that on a 180, mm. and what they're doing is is quite unconventional, and maybe they will succeed from that. And let's not forget, Jeff, maybe what's your take on this? If you think back to who's really led the last 10 years, it's not the banks. It's not the financials. It's not those companies that, again, took the bailout or got financial help from the from the government. It's the companies that didn't. So company should investors be on the lookout for things that are maybe in the need here and will need government help the next 10 years? Could those underperform like what we've just seen the past 10 years?
2: I I think that's definitely possible. I think the companies that have led in recent years, and you can certainly point to tech companies, you can point to internet companies, right? some of the stay-at-home stocks, these are areas that I think are well-positioned. Not only do they have good balance sheets and they're highly profitable, but they're actually in some ways uh beneficiaries of this extraordinary adjustment in our daily lives so uh it's it's very difficult to uh or dangerous to speculate on some of the most challenged areas of this market i mean clearly there'll be some opportunities and some people will will trade those well but as investors i think you want strong balance sheets and companies that are well positioned to ride this out and maybe even benefit from it when we come out the other side
0: now exactly i mean you know Looking at technicals just for a second on a relative strength basis, semiconductors just made a new all-time high on the relative strength versus the S and P 500. Technology and healthcare also. So those are the companies that are really holding up well under the surface of massive selling. Guys, we've got about five minutes. Let's go to the final one. I guess we just go around the table. Bert, how close are we to a low, or did we make the low last week? Mm. Easy Can you question. Start with me on this one. Yeah, yeah. Easy question.
1: Look, I think what we've been saying for a while is is uh, we we put out our playbook as to what we were looking for, and and there are five things that we were looking for, um, and 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 we could knock three of them off. Mm-hmm. Uh, two of them we're waiting for. Um, one we should get in the next day or two, and that is um, a really robust bazooka stimulus package that combines both monetary policy and fiscal policy. I don't think. I don't think any of us were expecting when we said monetary policy what we've gotten from the Fed. This has been yes. two eight x what we expected. Uh, if Congress could do their part, which I think they will, um, and they get something close to two two ts, that's sixty that's sixty thousand BC worth of seconds to put that into perspective. One trillion um, wow. in seconds goes back to thirty thousand BC. Uh, that's sixty. Thousand B.C. in seconds. That's a lot. So you combine those two things. I think you knock that one off. The last one is around, around starting to see how the the growth in new cases can begin to slow of coronavirus. And, and I think you're beginning to see Americans be able to say we're going to stop this as a country. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you mix all those things together. Um, Dude, I I think we're close. I mean, I think we're there. I I don't, you give me a plus or minus 5% or so. I would say I think we are close to the bottom process. I think it's going to be choppy waters here. I don't think this is a V by any stretch of the imagination, but I think that, um, I think you could say this uh, below 40% number will likely hold.
0: Yeah. I'll, I'll go next, Jeff, and then go over to you, mentioning what Bert said with the level of decline. I mean, Mark Twain said history doesn't repeat, but it rhymes. If you look at the influenza of 1918, the Dow dropped 33 percent. Then 50 years later, the influenza pandemic of 1969, the S&P dropped 36 percent. Here we are 50 years later. They're calling this a 50-year flu. And believe me, in 1918, we're coming off the heels of World War I, nothing like right now. In the late 60s, some different things taking place. But this is truly a 50-year influenza um you know, down thirty three, thirty five, thirty six percent ballpark where we just were on Friday is where markets have bottomed. So, and I I talk about market sentiment a lot. I mean, we're seeing the most bears we've ever seen, right? I mean, this is truly historical. That doesn't mean you have to bottom, but boy oh boy, the kindling is there for any positive news like you just talked about, Bird, for a pretty substantial bounce. So I'm with you. I think we're quite quite close, Jeff. What what is your take on how close we are to a bottom? You better be bearish, Jeff.
1: You better yeah. be bearish. Yeah. You got to balance us out. <laughs>
2: Well, I'll I'll put it this way. I'm focused on next year, right? And if we can preserve jobs and, you know, set up a strong recovery in the second half of this year, then 2021 can look pretty good. And it's really hard to value the stock market based on what we're seeing right now. But if you can maintain a longer-term focus, actually, we don't even have to go long-term. Let's just go intermediate term, right, and look maybe 9 to 12 months out. Uh, a lot of uh, economic activity that we saw, you know, last year and into this year is going to resume. And so, if we can get earnings close to where we thought they would be coming into this year, next year you can begin begin to value this market, and you can see, you know, something in the neighborhood of, call it 21, 2200 on the S&P 500 as a reasonable place uh, to bottom. That's recession level. 35 to 40 percent down off the highs, I I think given the policy response is going to preserve a lot of jobs and a lot of corporate America coming out the other side, Um, good chance we hold those levels.
0: All right. So, Bert, let's go one more question here. Like Jeff just hinted at this Thursday, the initial claims number is expected to come out. We know it's going to spike higher. I saw a report that New York State's website for unemployment claims crashed. That's a scary, scary sign. What do you think will happen on Thursday with those claim numbers, or what does it really mean? It's going to be a big number. We know that. What should what should we take away from it?
1: Yeah, well, I think yeah, it's definitely going to be a big number. It will be a historic number by a factor of two or three or four. And, and you know, uh, like Jeff said, it's never been above a, a million anywhere mm-hmm. close. It, it might be above two million initial claims you know, the reality is um, that, that there's a big difference between initial claims and sort of this sustained long-term unemployment rate. Um, you know, I, I think you're going to see, you're definitely going to see elements of this economy that begins to, um, th- to, to really hit um, Main Street America. You're going to see a lot more folks furloughed and unemployed, and it's awful, um, but to Jeff's point, if we can backstop businesses, um, then, then businesses can, A, limit that, but two, most importantly, they can recover. Um, the key is going to be um, on this one, not just how many people are unemployed, um, but rather how quickly and how healthy businesses are to reverse that. And, and I believe that you know, potentially with what's going on here, you know, 90 days, 90 days, 120 days, you can really begin to start to see that unwind.
0: Uh, Good stuff there. So, Jeff and Bert, thank you very much for being here this week on the LPL Market Signals Podcast. Thank you for all of our faithful listeners. We really appreciate it. We will continue to do this. And... You know, maybe next week we'll have some good news to discuss. Let's hope. Quick, I need a haircut, by the way. I know. I was going to say, we all, we're all all going to look pretty scraggy here pretty soon. It's uh, We're getting there. But um, with that, everybody, have a great week. We're here for you. Thank you for listening. And we'll be back next week with the latest LPL Market Signals podcast. Take care, everyone. Bye-bye. This material was provided by LPL Financial is for general information only and is not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. There is no assurance that the views or strategies discussed are suitable for all investors or will yield positive outcomes. Investing involves risks, including possible loss of principal. Any economic forecasts set forth in the podcast may not develop as predicted and are subject to change. References to markets, asset classes, and sectors are generally regarding the corresponding market index. All indexes are unmanaged and cannot be invested into directly. Index performance is not indicative of the performance of any investment. All performance reference is historical and it's no guarantee of future results. All information referenced in the podcast is believed to be from reliable sources. However, we make no representation as to its completeness or accuracy. Securities and advisory services offered throughout Bell Financial are registered investment advisors and broker dealer. Member FINRA and SIPC insurance products are offered through LPL or its licensed affiliates. To the extent you are receiving investment advice from a separately registered investment advisor, that is not an LPL affiliate. Please note, LPL makes no representation with respect to such entity. If your financial professional is located at a bank or credit union, Please note that the bank or credit union is not registered as a broker-dealer or investment advisor. These products and services are being offered through LPL or its affiliates, which are separate entities from and not affiliates of the bank or credit union. Securities and insurance offered through LPL or its affiliates are not insured by the FDIC or NCUA or any government agency not bank or credit union guaranteed, not bank or credit union deposits or obligations and may lose value.